So if you followed my directions and you cut <laughs> off your finger, um, thank goodness I live on the other side of the world. <laughs> I'm out of range. <laughs> Hello and welcome to episode 156 of the Erasable Podcast. I'm Tim Wassum on head honcho duty tonight, and joining me are the usual suspects, Andy and Johnny. And tonight we are going international. Joining us from the other side of the planet is Luke Sinclair. Greetings, guys. Hey. Hey, hey Luke. Hello. How are you going? Very good. We're super excited that you're here with us. Tomorrow. You're yeah. recording tomorrow. Yeah. yeah, this has been a long time coming. <laughs> yeah, really yeah. international and time traveling. Yeah. Tomorrow, yeah, tomorrow's a bright day for everybody, I think. Put it that way. <laughs> yeah, that's good. <laughs> that, excellent. <laughs> Always look on the bright side of life. Yeah. Um, all right. Well, we've been wanting to have you on for, for years, Luke, and we're super excited to talk to you about art and pencil sharpening. But before we dig in, let's check in with our normal stuff and let's start with tools of the trade. And uh, Luke, do you want to get us started on that? Yeah, sure. Um, what have I got here with me now? I thought because it was a special show, I'd um, brighten up the point on a Blackwing 725. So I'm using one of those tonight just to make little Ooh. notes myself. Um and I'm writing on a couple of different things. I've got one of the uh, MD pads, which is, uh, what would you say, the, the one that's got the two sides that are stuck. It's like a note thing. You just pull off the notepads. Um, and a Life A4 um, Noble book, uh, which I did write a lot more notes in just to keep myself on track. So that's what I've got in terms of um, what I'm making marks with, yes. Oh, how about you, Johnny? Um, so really quickly, did everybody see Bridgerton on uh, Netflix? No, I've not. Yeah. I, I've seen a few episodes, maybe halfway through. Did you think it was stupid too? <laughs> um, I, I looked at it very much through like, just sort of like an aesthetic lens. Like it's the sets are really beautiful and yeah. the, pe- the people are really beautiful. And like, I, I think that if you as long as you're not like thinking like as long as you don't want it to be too much like Jane Austen or like a Bronte sisters novel. I, th- I, I think it's all right, but yeah, yeah the, uh, I haven't read the books. The mm. sex was loud. So I'm like, I'm like, Oh Christ, I live in an apartment. I have the kids. Like, My oh, partner's been watching that in bed. And yes, when that, uh, <laughs> that happens, it's I'm like, like, what are you watching? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, so the- I didn't know if I liked it. And at the end, Frankie looks over and she's like, I don't think that show was very good. I'm like, yeah, I think that's it. Yeah. It's, but, uh, it's, it, it it's very, pretty, it yeah, it's very aesthetically pleasing. Like the, the costumes are amazing. The set is gorgeous. Um, yeah. Yeah. And um, on the complete opposite end of the spectrum, we started watching all creatures, great and small, the reboot. Um, actually, we're almost done with one more tonight because they put them all on the passport app. But um, if you guys like the Durrells and Corfu, it's pretty much just that in England with like less animals. <laughs> I watched I watched a little bit of the old one back when it used to be on PBS um, decades ago, and it was really it was really good. Yeah, I think BritBox has it now. They've been like stealing everything back. They took Downton Abbey back from whoever had it before and stuff like that. So we might check it out. Yeah, and. Also English, um, I finally got around to getting into White Teeth by Zadie Smith. Um, 
because nice. I've never read any Sadie Smith. She's incredible, terrible. isn't she? I mean, she's yeah. yeah. This book's like bonkers good. I look forward to reading it. Like, ooh, I'm gonna get a cup of coffee, sit down for an hour, yeah. read this book. I read Swing Time, and then I've read a couple of her essays from that last collection of essays, and her essays were mm-hmm. excellent. So, yeah, Frankie's got most of her stuff. I've just kind of like looked at it sometimes, like, ah, uh, where do I start? There's so much. Mm-hmm. So, just start at the first one. There you go. But um, I am writing with a kind of special pencil, an old USA-made Ticonderoga Beginners, which smells amazing. And I'm also writing on some old military engineering paper my father gave me, which has a really nice texture. Hmm. That's cool. Yeah. How about you, Andy? Um, what am I consuming? I uh, last week finished uh, Star Trek Discovery Season 3. Um, which is, I think I talked about this before, but I think it's the best discovery season yet. Like they kind of did something radical with it that they haven't done really in any Star Treks, let alone, um, let alone discovery. Um, and they just sort of like flung everybody to the far future and they're kind of using it as a reset button in like, if you were to use kind of like a sci-fi trope, they've done a reset button, but, um, not in sort of like the hand wavy way that like Dr. Who often does it um so it's very good characters have really grown and taken off and the new characters are really fantastic i think i mentioned there's a cat um in this <laughs> season which is great um yeah so really enjoyed that um i just started reading a um a book called the collected angers um which is a series of essays about design uh written by a guy named mike montero who is a um He's a kind of a grumpy old man designer. He talks a lot about like design and ethics. Um, he's somebody I've, I've followed for decades and uh, luckily have had the opportunity to kind of get to know a little bit because his um, his uh, wife, Erica, is a content strategist and she she was one of the reviewers of, of my book. Um, we have some mutual friends. So I've met him a few times. So really good book. Uh, if Even if you're not, like if you're interested in design, um, but want to read sort of like beyond design, right? Like, like here, what are some ethical considerations that de- designers should consider, right? Like, are you designing, do you work in a job where you're designing like the software that the government used to keep track of Muslims entering the country, for example, like you have some, you have some explaining to do because ethically, you know, that's not, um, that's not kosher. So, um, yeah, just really, really great book. Um, if any, if we have any designers in the audience, uh, we'll put a link in show notes. It's, I think it's self-published, but it's you can get it through Amazon. But of course, you can also get it through Bookshop.org, which is, you know, probably a better, a better idea for supporting independent publishers. Um. So, and I'm writing. Um. I actually, just found the uh, half-used Blackwing era that I started. Um a few months ago, I was going through some, some boxes and I've broken that out again and I've been using that. So it's a, it's a, just, just a nice looking, nice looking pencil. And I'm writing in my Lich term, uh, notebook. How about you, Tim? Thanks. Uh, well, as far as watching goes, really the only thing, the only new thing I've watched recently is Ted Lasso. Have you guys watched Ted Lasso yet? Yeah, <clears throat> it's very good. It's excellent. It's delightful. I don't. I don't know. Like, I mean, it's it's like one of those shows that's it's simple, but it's also like there's enough going on that just keeps you sort of fascinated with it. And it's 
sort of like rosy and optimistic in some ways, but then in other ways it's just like irreverent and I don't know. It's, it's great. It's a great blend of all these like different genres. So how, how far are you in it? I finished it. Okay. One thing so, I like, and I, I don't think this is a spoiler is just sort of like, it has a really good sort of like growth of characters do a really good job with that. Like there's never any real bad characters, um, mm-hmm. but the ones like they, they do a lot of good, like besides the, the husband, right? Yeah. Uh, yeah. Who, okay. Who is uh played by Anthony Stewart Head, who is Giles from Buffy the Vampire Slayer. Um <laughs> and it's funny because in both uh in in both Giles and this character, his name is Rupert. <laughs> which is pretty funny. We named our cat Rupert after Rupert Giles. And that's funny. We were, yeah, just joking before we knew that that was going to be him. We were like joking that this was going to be her husband was going to be Rupert Giles. And sure enough, it was. <laughs> yeah that's funny um yeah it's it's a great show and it's like uh and i remember seeing the the commercials like those like spoof commercials they did several years ago that became the show Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. where it was like and i remember like when i found out that the show was being made i thought about it i was like how could that character that he's playing possibly be more than one dimensional like the like most flat character ever you know yeah and they pulled it off because he is so it's uh, i really enjoyed it uh as far as reading, I have broken my long-standing tradition of hating fantasy, <laughs> uh, and I am trying to read Lord of the Rings for the first time. So, oh wow! I started that the other day because Henry. Uh, I just started reading Henry the Hobbit, which I always I love the Hobbit. That's I've enjoyed that, and so I've started reading that with him. And it was actually like two days before inauguration day here. Um, when we were all kind of like amped up and like wondering if like stuff was going to go wrong at the Capitol and what are the crazies going to do and all this. Um, and I was like sitting in bed trying to figure out what to read and nothing sounded good to like distract me. And for like maybe the first time in my life, I was like, oh, I want to read a fantasy novel. <laughs> <laughs> I think it's the only time I'd ever said that. And so I was like, you know what? I'm tired of telling people that I haven't read Lord of the Rings and then they make that face. And then I have to like explain, like, I just don't like fantasy. So, um, I started reading it and I'm enjoying fellowship of the Rings so far. So there's that. So we'll, we'll see, we'll see next recording if I've, if I've bailed because I'm tired of all like the elven language, but we'll find <laughs> out. and, uh, as far as listening, the only thing I'll say is that I've rediscovered Led Zeppelin. So, Ooh, nice. There's that. I haven't listened to Led Zeppelin in a long time, and I have been just really digging it. I've been working on, I've been playing guitar more, and I've been building a like pedal board and kind of getting all my pedals out and getting a few new effects and and really been having fun with real crunchy like distortions and stuff. And uh, that made me, that drew me back to, to Zeppelin and just loving it. So. Yeah. Awesome. Right before uh pandemic, my band was practicing um we're gonna groove as a three piece and we were like doing pretty well and then you know the world ended. Yeah. But yeah I don't right. even remember how it goes. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's a Led Zeppelin song. Yeah. yeah. Um yeah, so that that's been fun. I, I always love their they have like their it's like their fifth album, Houses of the Holy is my favorite and it's kind of like a underdog favorite, but I just, I really love it. So I've been listening to that a ton. I bet. And it's actually one of the first final records I ever bought. I bought it on a trip to England before I even had a record player. And I found it for like eight pounds used like a original copy in this little record store. Cause nobody was buying vinyl. And so I got it for a good price and um, was listening to that. So, and I am writing with 
a, a Blackwing Bob Dylan Center pencil, which I'll talk about later. And I am writing in a Denali Field Notes, the uh, National Park series. So, yeah. well, how about some fresh points? Luke, do you have any fresh points you want to share with us? Any kind of news or things that you've been into lately in the stationary world? Um, I've been more, I guess, consuming art materials rather than graphite pencils. So I did go out and buy myself a set of uh, the Luminance Carandash color pencils. Um, that's a step up from what I've been using, I guess, uh, certainly in terms of the cost, but they are, uh, light fast. Every single color I believe is light fast, meaning that they don't fade, which a lot of the color pencils do. Um, I've given them a test run, uh, and I'm quite impressed with those. So, uh, that will be my budget for a while because <laughs> the set that I got <laughs> was a box of, and yeah, they're, they're probably the priciest pencils I've ever purchased. Um, scarier than a real black wing in some ways, but yeah, they're, they're very good. <laughs> so that's the, that's the, the nicest thing I've got myself recently. Um, they come with a solid, uh, blender, which is really interesting. Like, um, blenders are usually a core in a pencil. This thing's, uh, a solid chunky piece of uh, almost plastic that blends the pencils. So they're really good. Oh, um, yeah. they're, they're very, um, you know, it's, I think in regards to what I'm doing with my art at the moment, um, yeah, they'll be my first step sort of thing I'll go to to draw anything new. Um, graphite first, yeah, for sketching, but definitely these pencils, they're worth it if you are uh, into colour. I'm not sure if you guys are, but, um, yeah, definitely worth it. Awesome. I am not talented enough for pencils like that. Oh, everybody is. Don't, that's the thing. I'll, I'll never <laughs> say that every, everybody can draw. Uh, everybody should try drawing. Um, but you've got a pencil in your hand, so you might as well do it. So, yeah, never say you're not talented <laughs> because that's the biggest – that's the lie everybody tells themselves until they learn they can. So, yeah. Jenny's very talented at lying to himself about how talented he is. <laughs> <laughs> I'm very good at uh, rhyming on the fly, especially if they're dirty words. That's my artistic talent. Freestyle rap. That's I mean, not dirty words. Obscene words. <laughs> Freestyle swearing. Freestyle swearing. <laughs> Should put that on your resume. Uh-huh. <laughs> oh yeah, and I did get hold of uh, some new Viking pencils too because there's uh, a local guy who's selling stuff from uh, the Viking company. So I got their set of I think it's 36. They're all HB, so there's not like Ooh. a variance in them, uh, but. I don't know. I like the fact that I can have a different colored Viking uh, in my pencil case every day. So yeah, they're just a bit of fun. Vikings are so much seem to be so much more available on the other side of the Pacific. Like I can sometimes find them in stores like CW pencils sell some of them, but like no way you're ever going to find like big multicolored sets of them. They're so, they're so good. How about you, Johnny? You got any fresh points? Uh, yeah, only a couple. Um, or really just one. Um, Last week was Frankie's second 39th birthday. <laughs> so Happy among birthday the presents again. I got, <laughs> I got, she's, she's one of the few people I know who just like uses one pencil and then uses it to nothing. So she does a lot of um, pencil extending. So I've got that really cool um, Statler Mars. I don't remember what it's called. It's aluminum and has a knurled grip and a built-in oh, yeah, eraser. Yeah. Really like fancy. Twisted, twisted grip kind of thing. Like where you like, yeah. You twist it. Yeah, that thing's nice. Yeah. It is like super awesome. I want one. But um, one of the things that I got was um, 
clickable Mars plastic erasers that, you know, they're shaped like a pencil or pen to fit in your case. And they're so awesome for like, you know, needing to get into a tiny little space with an eraser that isn't junk. Yeah. So that like made my week to find those. I bought a three pack and didn't give her one of them. So I have one, but um, they're very great oh, for like. They said you did like you know, like you didn't give her a single one. Like yeah, but, like I didn't give her one of them. I was like happy birthday. I just kept them all for myself. <laughs> happy birthday, happy birthday. Happy birthday. <laughs> Henry's like, Daddy, we can keep them. I'm like no, That's no, not gonna happen. we can keep one. Son. It's mine. <laughs> You're wrong. <laughs> yeah. Um. The only other thing is, I'm wondering if you guys have any good suggestions for um. I think of them as crossword pencils, but I don't do crossword puzzles in a newspaper. I print them out um, on my printer and do them on a clipboard. So, you know, really soft pencils don't work so well for that. But probably and really hard pencils don't work as well because you yeah. you don't want to, like, go through a newsprint with a nail, right? Like, Yeah, I'm trying to figure out, like, what's going to be awesome. Like, a Tennessee Red is great, but I can't do an entire puzzle without sharpening it and... I don't know why my arbitrary thing is I don't want to sharpen it before the puzzle's over. Mm. What about trying uh, my love, the test scoring 100? Oh, that would be super soft. Oh, you think that would be just too soft? I think it's a little softer than the, um, the red. The Tennessee red, yeah. I think mm, the search continues. Yeah, I guess, I guess <laughs> you do. I don't really do crossword puzzles, so I don't really know. But I figured... Um, yeah, I guess that makes sense because you you have to write pretty small, right? So you need it to be pretty um, pretty sharp. Yeah. What about Currently, what about like a Cedar Point One? Ooh, I have not tried one of those. I've been doing um, vintage Ticonderogas, which are nice, but you know, it seems like I'm wasting them to use them on a crossword puzzle. Who's the guy in the group who designs crosswords? Is that Paul? Um, what? Oh, he did a he did a crossword for Plumbago. Um, oh, Paul Zablocki, maybe. I don't know. I'll look that up. I, how am I forgetting that? Yeah, Paul is cool. We chatted a few times on Etsy. Yeah, I don't know, Tim, uh, Luke. Do you do either of you do crosswords? Um, yeah. I, sometimes I've got a one of those IBM Electrographic. Uh, I've got a few of them actually. The old IBM pencils. They seem to be good for, I guess paperwork and um yeah I, I don't do too many but that sort of thing like the test scoring style pencils um that would be my idea i don't know where you go beyond that yeah yeah that's a good call i think that may, that makes me think of the uh like the the cw baseball scoring pencil might be a good one too mm. mm-hmm. oh see this is why i asked you guys i have a bunch <laughs> of new ideas yeah no i do i do crosswords i do uh i i have a virtual like a digital subscription to the washington post and so i print theirs off which is i think it's there's most of the time it's the la times crossword Mm -hmm. so i do that like a i don't know maybe two or three times a week or something like that and i usually yeah i'll print them off but i i I actually like using like a mmx core like a darker oh man i make a lot of mistakes i need to erase yeah that's where we're different i'm perfect (laughs) yeah no mistakes are for losers (laughs) Yeah, the no, ones no, that New Yorker like does are are nice. They're really good. Some of them are pretty witty. Those ones are too hard for me. I'm too yeah. I'm too dumb for those. I, I tried one at your house, at your house when we were there, and I was like, too oh, much they, French. They changed uh, them now. So like Monday is yeah, okay. <laughs> challenging, Wednesday is somewhat challenging, and Friday is lightly challenging. 
Oh, it's the opposite. That's yeah. interesting. Yeah, I'm like, you guys, this is cool. So you always have something kind of hard. Yeah. We have to do another podcast about uh, crosswords. That sounds good. Well, most pencils down under don't come with an eraser. So, you know, most of the pencils I get from overseas all have the eraser in, but traditionally going back to when I was at school, you could never get a pencil with an eraser. So you could not make mistakes. You weren't allowed to. <laughs> you get what you get. Yeah. yeah. How about you, Andy? Um. Well, this is, I guess, slightly off uh, the graphite topic, but I feel like it's uh, a follow-up. So, if, if you if you subscribe to our Patreon, if you're a Patreon supporter at any level, uh, you get access to our um, our other podcast called um, Indelible, which is. Where we, as as Johnny put it, we don't pretend like we only ever use pencils. We uh, sometimes talk <laughs> about pens. <laughs> um, and the last episode was all about bit crystals. And um, Johnny, you really kind of opened my eyes to how many bit crystals there are in the world. And oh man, <laughs> <laughs> one of the ones that I uh, I found when I was cruising eBay was um, just these really blingy. Um, I mean, still plastic, but like the the shell and the cap are both metallic gold and metallic silver and the metallic gold one is blue on the inside and the like blue ink and the metallic silver one is uh black and i found somebody in um in france who was just selling them by the single so i bought um bought three of each one and sent johnny and tim some um i don't johnny have you have you have you had these before no i've seen them before yeah and Tim, I feel like you, I had them at some point. Maybe my kids took them. Tim, have you had, <laughs> have you had some of these bit crystals before? No, I had never never even seen them before. So that was yeah, that was an exciting yeah. surprise just, when they showed just up. Just regular old, but they're just so much fun because they're just like really just just blingy and a lot of light reflected off of them. Do you get these down down <laughs> under, Luke? Well, yeah, definitely bit crystals are the standard biro, but not the blingy ones. No, um, yeah. Yeah, that they're a bit new to me. Sound good. Yeah, I was a uh, yeah big big fan of being able to find these, but um, I was excited to find that that the one that I'm looking for now. It seems like you can get one that looks a lot like this, but it writes in a metallic ink, which I think would be fun to write on like dark surfaces. So that's what I'm on the lookout for next. Um, I'm also like almost have myself talked into buying one of those Bit Crystal um, accountants pencils. Um, they're not cheap. It looks like they're like around fifty-ish dollars usually. Um, Are they um, like old stock? Yeah, old stock. Um, the 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 packaging definitely looks like it's from like the eighties or something. So, oh man, yeah. Think thinking about getting one of those. Not quite sure yet, but I I'm, I may pull the trigger on it. Um, Will they work? I don't know. I have no idea. They, I mean, oh, they 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 look like they're sealed in a blister pack. So like the the air has not been moving in there um so it seems like it wouldn't like dry out but i i have no idea how ink works <laughs> so maybe <laughs> sounds like a cool like an experiment yeah yeah give it a shot um so yeah i i have these and I'm, I'm trying to stock them up my little um uh pencil cup that i um also got for uh, me and and johnny and tim they, it's like it's it's from that uh Ooh, that's loud. <laughs> oh, is that the the pencil cup? Yeah, it's so pretty. It looks. It's kind of shaped like a uh, bit crystal cap. It's um, ceramic. It's from 
Uh, typo, which I I don't know if it's elsewhere, but in the U.S. it's like a stationary supply, like gift shop. Yep, we have it here. Yeah. We've got typo. Yep, yep. Yeah, typo. Yeah. Yes. Um, I've never, I've never seen it. Um, like in the Midwest. Do you have it in the East Coast, Johnny? Um, is it the one that's got a lot of like black wings and typewriter theme stuff, but they don't actually sell typewriters? Correct. Yeah. Okay, I think there is one here somewhere. <laughs> I've never seen one there. Yeah, um, it's like a tease. <laughs> they, they're. I've never really been impressed by their notebooks. Their notebooks kind of look, you know, just kind of generic and cheapish. Um, yeah, but I, uh, I definitely like like this pencil cup a lot. So, so big. I've been into big crystals lately. Um, I also have after last week. I think I talked about the the zine that I just started doing and. Um, I've since sent out a bunch of them, uh, had a bunch of orders, which is cool. Um, but I have been trying to educate myself more about like the intricacies of us postal service postage <laughs> because I, you know, with Pomago, it usually is like big enough where I'm going to print off a mailing li- label, right? Like it's, I want a tracking number. People are paying for, for shipping this one. I'm just slapping a stamp on it. And a couple of times I've run out of stamps and haven't been able to get down to the post office. Um, so I I have like oh like I don't know what you would call them like stamps.com stamps where you like print off postage. I had some leftover that I've been trying to use and I've been trying to figure out if I can use that for international mail or if I can only use that for US mail and like you can buy stamps for like additional ounces but you can also buy stamps for like, you know, 3 ounce mails mail. So I've been definitely trying to like it's like a puzzle. Yeah. So um the game changer for me was flats because I never knew they existed. So I was doing zines. Flats. Tell, yeah. Tell like, what you mean um, that. If I had say um, a six by nine envelope full of zines that was over 3.5 ounces. So I can't send it as a letter. Mm-hmm. Um, if it's still of a certain size and flexibility, you could send it as a flat. So it's mm-hmm. like, yeah. you know, close to two bucks instead of like four or five bucks. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. That's what I, that's what we send uh Pombago out as. So I'm, I'm coming from the other way. Like I, I know about that kind of postage. Plus, I use <laughs> pirate ship because it like calculates that kind of for you. Um, but, but like I didn't realize about like USPS letter because you, like it has to be under a certain like number of ounces and it has to be flexible and it has to be a certain like thickness and dimension and yeah. So I'm, <laughs> I'm learning all the intricacies of, of that. But it's cool because when you, you know, you see people that send a letter to you with two stamps, I'm like, there's no such thing as a dollar ten in letter postage. You're wasting your money. Yeah. Like, get yourself a scale. Think of it as a tip for your, you know, post office. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> cool. So that's, uh, that's what I've been up to lately. How about, how about you, Tim? So the only new thing on, on my radar is the collaboration between Blackwing and the Bob Dylan Center in Tulsa, which is opening up uh, in Oklahoma. I have no idea why it's in Tulsa, Oklahoma, but I guess they're opening up a uh, Bob Dylan museum archive kind of place. So definitely going to make a pilgrimage there someday. But yeah, so they teamed up with Blackwing to make a Blackwing slate, like a custom Blackwing slate and a Blackwing pencil. I did not get the Blackwing notebook like the, the notebook, because I think it's kind of ugly and my problem <laughs> with it. And actually with my main problem with the pencil is not really a black wing problem, this part of it, but I really don't like the font that the Bob, that the Bob Dylan center is using and how it looks on the front of that notebook. Mm-hmm. I don't know about you guys, but like the way that font looks, it's just like, 
it looks like somebody made it on one of those websites where you can like put in your own like words to print on the front of a notebook and they're just like, oh, let's just put bold on Bob Dylan. <laughs> yeah, that's good. And then like calling it a day, you know, like it just like it definitely just feels a big fan of that. It definitely feels like the branding of some sort of an institute and not the branding for something related to Bob Dylan. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Absolutely. And in the, the, the notebook and the pencil are like different colors too, which is a little annoying, but so oh, they are. I, I, I still ordered the pencils and I'm, I'm glad I did. They're, they're a deep kind of, uh, they're the deep blue color, not quite a Navy. And, um, the Bob Dylan center is in that font on the front and it says, so it says Blackwing X Bob Dylan, uh, times Bob Dylan center, Tulsa, Oklahoma. And then it's a balanced core, like a lot of their custom stuff. And then the, the, eraser looks orange at first glance, but it's almost like a, like a core, a little bit on the coral side or something like a, or a, like a lighter orange or more like a neon orange. Maybe that's what it is. Uh, which again, it's just, there's something, I mean, like Bob Dylan has so much of like a, like a, you know, mythos around him. It's like, why would this be Bob Dylan's pencil? <laughs> You know, like, like what, how does this represent Bob Dylan? I, I think it's cool. And I'm, I'm kind of glad I got it, you know, um, on the, on the back of it too, the, the quote they chose to put for Dylan is life is about creating yourself, which is a Dylan quote, but also like one of the most un- uninteresting Dylan quotes. There's so many cool, like wacky things they could have put up. They could have been a lot more like out there with this and, and made it weirder and cooler because Bob Dylan is the weirdest and coolest guy in history. But um, I don't know. So now it sounds like I don't like it, but I actually have been enjoying it quite a bit. <laughs> quite a bit. I, I like the blue, but there's just like, it's like the more I think about it, the more I'm like, I don't know, whatever. But it's got black feral, which is cool. I like that with the black clip on the inside of the feral. So it's a limited edition, they say. So I don't know how long that's going to, if that's actually true. But <laughs> Um, yeah, I'm not, I, I definitely, one thing noticeably is like, I, I ordered them like, uh, you know, a quarter second after I found out about them, just like snapped them up. Uh, but when they showed up, I did not have my sort of like default hoarder mode kick in. Mm-hmm. Um, it was just like, it showed up and I was like, glad I got them, but I don't want any more. Yeah. <laughs> which, is a, which is actually kind of a refreshing feeling to have once in a while, you know, where I'm like, it's like, damn it. I don't have to spend Cause I think I even joked to you guys in a text thread where I was like, am I going to have to buy like a bunch of these? Like, do I, like, why did, why do they keep doing this to me? But I'm glad I only bought one in the first go. Cause, um, yeah. Anyways, but that's, that's the only thing I don't know. Did, did either of you guys pick up any of these? I did not. I didn't either. <laughs> yeah. I, I'll send I'll send you some so you can see. I think um, even just one of them I think would be if if you'd be willing to to just do do oh, that. But absolutely. I like it definitely read to me as like yeah, like this is this is going in the gift shop of the Bob Dylan Center instead of like oh this is a Bob Dylan pencil. So it just didn't like yeah, quite strike me. They also did a slate which looks like the blue in the slate is really nice, but that same just kind of like really boring logo type on the front. Um I like the picture on the inside. Yeah, it's got picture. the picture of him with the harmonica yeah. inside of it which is cool but yeah i don't know yeah, yeah. <laughs> i think uh it, it's also <laughs> funny because you can order it from the bob dylan center and they clearly do not have any sort of like um like deals on postage worked out because people were saying that like to ship it internationally even just to canada was like almost as much like more than the than a dozen pencils themselves cost mm. so yeah, yeah. 
I can relate to that. Whenever I try yeah. to get pencils from your side of the world, yeah. it's like, okay, I'm paying for more for the postage than I am for what's in the postage. So, yeah, it's a, it's a hard thing. And so do you end up like buying twice as much because you're like if i'm gonna pay twenty dollars to ship this over here like i'm gonna it's the only way you can justify it it is to overpurchase. so yeah (laughs) yeah or you could right you could do what i've done a few times and like find a find a mule find somebody who can (laughs) send it to their address and just because like paying the (laughs) cost like just me going to the post office and paying the cost of sending like that to australia or to like you know amsterdam or the UK or whatever, like often costs so much less than what comes up on those e-commerce sites. And I think a lot of it is because somebody just hasn't set up their shipping correctly. Yeah. Yeah. So I would just save your money on this one, Luke. (laughs) (laughs) Unless unless you're just like a freakish Bob Dylan fan. Like, I mean, I might be considering it if I was over there. I picked up a a David Bowie pencil from an exhibition. That's probably the closest I'll get to your Dylan pencil. (laughs) Oh, man. That would be awesome. Ziggy Stardust pencil. All right. um, Cool. Well, uh, let's... Let's get into our our main topic, which is you, Luke. Uh, let's you. let's uh, do this. So, if you're a, if you're a member of our Facebook group, then you know Luke. Luke is famous for his skillful sharpening of pencils with a knife, and his art is out of this world. So, Johnny has a uh, Johnny has a space koala piece from Luke hanging in his. I bedroom. have a uh, picture uh, that Luke made of my uh, of my two cats uh, years ago. That's right. that's, that's crazy. Years ago, and around. Mm-hmm. yeah. <laughs> So while while COVID has made so many things terrible, working from home has made it possible uh, for us to get a chat with chat with Luke because he's how, what is it ten hours ahead of us? Is that uh, about ten hours? That right? Yeah, that sounds correct. Yeah. yeah, and during his Tuesday afternoon at our or I guess wait, oh, wait it's Monday it's, night. Sorry, yeah, it's Monday night here. So it's Tuesday it's, afternoon. So yep. Uh, also, Tuesday it happens to be there. a public right, holiday uh, in Australia, so. Uh, it is our Australia Day, so um, I'm more free than I would be. So it worked out very well. Happy Australia yeah. Day. Australia Day? Happy Australia Day. Yeah. That's awesome. <laughs> the episode title there. Um, but uh, we've been wanting to make this happen for such a long time, and we're super excited. And um, I also, and that just made me, I, I had for, for, uh, forgotten because I had, we had moved in the process, but I have a, and you did an incredible drawing for me of a Wrigley Field, didn't that you? That is right. Yes, I do remember that. That is right. I've, mm. I, I need that. Yeah, I, I've got all my my, <laughs> my Cub stuff that was kind of packed up to be in my 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 office over here that is still like being unpacked five years after I moved in. So I've, I, I, can't I want to mention that too that Luke Luke's uh, not only is his uh, tattoo, but the art he made of his tattoo is what graces the first uh, cover of Plumago. So if you got a oh, Plumago yeah. issue one zine. Um, you've seen, um, you've seen this, this picture of Luke's tattoo, which I, I mean, I, I wouldn't, I wouldn't say it's the original pencil tattoo, but it's certainly one of the most, one of the original pencil tattoos that I have always covered. Well, <laughs> the real things looking a little bit, uh, what would you say? The lines are a little bit more, um, broad than they were before. So yeah, it's an old one. <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, it's a semi jumbo, jumbo pencil now instead of. Right, yes. <laughs> Yeah. So just to start things out, Luke, can you just tell us a little bit about yourself and give people like your background and your, you know, both as just a person and as an artist? Sure. Um, 
yeah, I don't know how far back I'm going to go. I won't go that far back. I did grow up in the outer eastern suburbs of Melbourne, which is, um, I guess, the almost eastern, uh, sorry, southernmost uh, part of the mainland of Australia. Um, so I grew up in mountain areas, um, which is sort of gave me uh, a lot of spare time. So as a kid, not a sporty kid, I was uh, more inclined to draw. Um, and pencils, I guess, started as soon as... Oh gosh! As soon as I got bored with uh, AFL football, don't know if you know about that, but it's a very um, male pursuit that I wasn't really that inclined to be part of. So yeah, drawing started really, really early for me. Um, I would get scrap paper from my auntie who worked for a computer company, and she'd sort of give me a box full of that, and I'd just draw consistently. So um, I guess the pencil bug started a long time ago. Um, I moved, I guess, naturally into the, the arts. So I studied fine arts, um, have a really expensive and quite, um, yeah, I've got to use it more, uh, more, very expensive degree in something that doesn't have much of an income <laughs> attached to it. So, uh, yeah, I, I, I'm very, um, I guess, at the moment, I think after COVID and everything, I'm focused on sort of getting back into using my creativity. Um, it's been kind of a saviour because I've been working from home. So when I work from home, I've got the sketch pad um, as my backup and I'll sort of scribble as I go. So, yeah, in terms of, I guess, my um, interest in your community and how I found you guys, um, it was long in its development it came from you know basically doing that for most of my life uh i live in i guess an inner city area now um i am just starting this is a new bit of news um some art classes and a little bit of an art school in melbourne so i've got um a warehouse sorted out and i'm starting to put together uh my student lists and um yeah basically i'll have a bunch of people who always wanted to draw getting into drawing so i'm sure i'll introduce them to your podcast as well so you might have That's a really few cool. more aussie people joining it um they're all very interested they're the people who always wanted to do it and never got to do it so that's where i'm kind of now with i guess using the art is actually to pass it on to other people and uh, make it more of a i guess a community as well yeah that's really neat that's awesome so your pencil art is like ridiculously amazing um, can you talk a little bit about, um, so you started with pencils. Now a lot of your art is still in pencil. Can you talk about why, um, why pencil and not something really boring like paint or clay? <laughs> yeah, I understand that. Pencils, I guess, are very useful and very portable. And the portability, I guess, of the art materials for me is important. Um, the one of the main tools for anybody who does art is their visual diary or their journal, whatever you want to call it, uh, where you put in your initial drawings, um, you carry it with you all the time, anything that you sort of research, study, annotate, everything's in that visual diary. So the pencil uh, is still the best tool for that. Um, a pencil has, you know, the ability to give you a lot of tone if you need it. You can just write standard stuff. Um you press harder, it's darker. It's just really versatile compared to, I guess, other art materials. So you can't really carry your, your paints in your backpack to do a quick idea uh, unless you want, you know, 
a million people watching you or, you know, it's also very good. It's easy to bring out a pencil and sit on a train and draw somebody or, you know, go out into a bushland area and draw some trees. It's just a very versatile and uh, immediate sort of tool to have compared to other things. Pens are good too, but they just don't give me the tone I want. So pencil's already... I guess it's always been my main tool, even when I was a kid. I am a painter, so I do paint. Uh, but the pencil, I guess, has become almost more important than the paint, and I'll keep using them that way too. Awesome. Yes. So, Luke, you've—I um, know I've seen drawings of your motorcycles and of animals and a lot of like case studies, like subjects that you've um, that you've done. Um, what kind of what kind of subject subject do you prefer, and what draws you to them? I guess uh, that's always developing. It's not something that I've um, got a set idea about because everything, and that's probably one of the difficulties of sort of pursuing drawing is everything you see is a subject. Everything you come across is potentially something you can draw and use um, and filtering out things is very difficult. So I, I find it difficult anyway because I'll come across something new all of a sudden I'm drawing it and it's like, well, it doesn't really relate in terms of, I guess, context with what I've done prior. So um, I think I kind of work more like a journal artist at the moment where I will just draw things I see, um, but I am quite focused on natural things at this point, but not just natural things. It's the interaction between natural. So I'm doing insects at the moment, but, you know, where, where do you find them? Where are they located? So, you know, suburban insects around my local area. Um, and I want to put together sort of a, I guess, a survey of where these creatures still live, what they're about, and, um, you know, incorporate some of the environment. So it could be, you know, somebody's front doorstep. Um, I'm really looking at using the technique because I think I've been a very technique focused person, like practicing drawing. Every time I come across something that looks interesting, I want to actually draw it. I want it to look like it looks, um, but you know, you can do that forever, but the, the ideas don't actually gel into like an exhibition, for example, if it's all just separate drawings that don't have any sort of connection, you put them yeah. into a gallery. It looks like, you know, What's this person even thinking about? So there is a kind of a divide in the way I work. Yes, I do like to draw everything, but I am actually looking at focusing on a topic, a subject, you know, having having a conceptual uh, aspect is something that I'm looking at doing this year. And being in Australia, I'm sure all the all the insects you're drawing are huge, are poisonous and or venomous and are trying to kill you. Oh, yeah, the redbacks, they're in my backyard. If you don't know, redbacks are like your black widows. They, like, um, you know, live under your toilet seats and <laughs> it's, it's like that. No, we do have a lot um, of, I guess, creatures you have to avoid, but I'm living in suburbia in the city and really the, the worst thing you'll come across is a redback. Redbacks are like your black widow, but they're very shy. They're not going to sort of chase you down the street. They're not that sort of thing. <laughs> Um, but we do have a local creek that's full of tiger snakes and brown snakes. They're um, terrible and, and quite uh, dangerous to people and dogs. And, yeah, we just live with it. I think it's um, just part of uh, this part of the world. Uh, yeah. But I've never <laughs> really – and most of us don't come across, you know, the, the most dangerous of the dangerous unless you go looking for them. 
So I know I'm speaking, maybe I'm speaking out of turn for Johnny and Andy, but art pencils Mm. is just like a big blind spot Mm. for me. Um, So like, I assume that you get to try out a lot of different kinds of art pencils. So like talk about for what you, what you look for in, in an art pencil in general. Well, I, I didn't introduce that part of myself, but for many years when I was in my say early twenties, I worked for and managed um, art stores. So I was actually in the art retail trade for a bit. Um, So I had everything, but pretty much every pencil that came into those stores, I would try um, but I was not always that impressed by, I guess, what art stores offer. There are some good things. In Australia, mostly you get stapler pencils. So you've got your, um, you know, your stapler traditions and the the blue ones, the um, oh, drops out of my head what they're called at the moment, but just mainly stapler pencils. Um, you might get some uh, Wolf brand pencils. I don't know if you've got those, Wolf. Have you seen those in America? I'm not familiar with those. No. No. They're an older company. They kind of just make carbon pencils now, so not really graphite. So a lot of the art store pencils are going to be um, charcoal and carbon-based, which has very little use for anybody else because they're just too dark and too smudgy. Um, Unless you're going to be drawing something, you know, on a big piece of, like, cartridge paper, they're not that great. Uh, what other brands? Really, it's just that. So even from myself working in an art supplies store and knowing all those, I wasn't really that convinced that I had the best pencil <laughs> that, that you could find. So I did start that search, and it was back in when I got sick of things, 2010, when the MMX kind of first started to be mentioned on the internet. Mm-hmm. I, I actually just started this whole, you know, collecting side of myself by typing in what is the best pencil, um, you know, for drawing, and that just opened up everything. So, art pencils, I don't know. Um, at the moment, and you'll probably be sort of very familiar with them as the Japanese pencils, like the high unis from Mitsubishi and the Tombos. Um, personally, I think they're the better art pencils that you can get for. You know, the fact that they they come in like a 10B, if you want to go that dark, it's quite amazing. Uh, and the, the quality of the graphite in those pencils is much better than what you get in art stores. So really, I mean, I also don't put um, a distinction between art pencils and pencils in general because you can use anything to make art. Um, really, I've, and you were talking about big crystals earlier, some of the guys that I know that I studied with would actually use the big crystal to do the most amazing realistic portraiture that you come across. I've seen and, some of that. It's it's incredible. Yeah. So, you know, it's what you use it for and it doesn't really, you know, you don't live by the definitions that people give things. I think that if you were to be, you know, open to whatever you come across, you'll probably have more luck with what you're trying to do because you're not sort of closing off those avenues. Awesome. So um, in 2021, you know, things are really different. You talked about black wings, but can you talk about some other pencils that we might be able to find um, that sort of, I don't know, have that 20 or 30 years ago, awesome flavor? Oh, it's a thing. I mean, uh, there are pencils that are getting there, but some of my favorite pencils, unfortunately, are out of production pencils, things I've found that are old. Um, I will find, I will talk about new pencils, but like the, the Eagle um, drafting pencil 
which is also from your part of the world. Um, I've not come across anything as nice as that, and I keep looking for modern things that have that, that angle. But you know, it still goes back mm. to the Japanese pencils. It goes to the the Mitsubishi pencils and to the Tombow. Um, for art people, anyway, they've got the nicest. Um, you know, it's it's they do produce a crazy amount of um, you know different degrees, twenty two degrees, I think, in that box you can get. But there's also, uh, I suppose, the when you draw, and I think it's also for writers too, you get that scratchiness. Um, there's um, Conte um, put out some pencils that were okay, but they did have um, like a scratchy, occasional sort of bit of grit in their um, pencil that sort of made it difficult to draw without feeling like you're going to rip a hole through the page. Um, that is also <laughs> part of it. If you get a pencil, it's really nice, and then all of a sudden it does have that imperfection. Um, yeah, you can throw a drawing away straight away if you just go a little bit hard and it just takes a chunk right out of the centre. But I am, I think Japanese pencils, in particular Mitsubishi, I've said it three or four times now, but if I'm going to recommend anything for people who want to draw, um, maybe getting hold of that Hyuni set, that's the art set that's got 22 different degrees in it, um, that might be the the go-to at the moment. I did notice on the actual um, Facebook page they've got another version of that which isn't their high-uni pencils. It was the Green Barrel 9600s, or I think, something like that, um, where they've got 22 degrees of those too. They might be cheaper, uh, but the person who posted that, forgive me for not knowing who it was, did say that the result was very similar with both. So there are some options out there. I would definitely look at those. Yeah, yeah. Besides, you know, besides obvious, obviously, kind of cheap bad pencils like store brand pencils. Um, what are some some other ones we might want to avoid um, when thinking about, you know, fine art drawing? Avoid, um, yeah, it, I'd, I'd say give everything a go. But if you want absolute avoidance, um, anything that's really in the hate range. Um, unless you're using the best quality like cotton paper that's mm. you know it's, it's tough as nails would say down here it, it, you can't really do anything to it you can actually with watercolor paper that's like 300 gram um you can pretty much draw on it and hose it off if you want and then dry it off on the washing line at the back uh, it's <laughs> tough. it is made from cotton so it does wash like cotton so unless you're using that i would avoid anything in the hate range um I know some people like to sketch up in a light pencil. Um, I don't. I just go for the darkest pencil, and I don't even use erasers. You know, if if it doesn't work, it doesn't work. You probably just put that drawing aside and pick another piece of paper up. So, um, I would recommend not getting hard pencils. <clears throat> going for probably the darkest pencil you can get first of all, because the nicest thing about artwork is the tone. Um, if you start with heavy tone, you're going to end up with a better drawing. Um, I would avoid anything from, well, in Australia, we've got things in supermarkets, like there are brands in our, um, what do you call it, our stationary supply chain called Officeworks. There's a brand called Burroughs, which is just, no, please, just just don't do it because they're, um, you know, it, it's the same all over the world. They'd be the really cheaply produced, um, mass-produced pencils from, yeah. you know, from China or something that it just, I don't know what they use in them, but it's not graphite. It feels like they've used, I don't know, 
a little bit of clay and a little bit of uh, something that looks like graphite, but it's not. Um, yeah, <laughs> it's there. Actually, there are very bad ones out there. Um, Wopex, you can throw those away. Sorry, mm-hmm. I thought I'd sure say that. <laughs> <laughs> Well, throw them away. You'd have to get them out of the trash and then put them back in the trash. So. They'll, they'll never, they'll never degrade. They're going to be there forever. So what yeah, they're going to sit in your landfill for millennia. They're yeah. the the Twinkies and cockroaches <laughs> of the stationary world. That's when pencil is forever is a bad thing. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, I, I mean, I'm I'm reluctant to say don't try something. I'm more more inclined to say try something, assess it. If it's not your tool, it's not your tool, uh, and that's really. I guess everybody knows that it's not something I even need to say, but, you know, definitely, you know, if you're going to start drawing, go look at some pencils that have a grading system with them. Uh, I know you mostly have, I guess, you've got the number two pencil and you've got a less of a grade system, but all of our pencils have always been graded that way. Um, so you'd start at a HB and then start getting darker, HB 2B, 4B, 6B, and sort of look at those options if you're going to draw. That would be the main thing. So aside from pencils, like as far as for, for artists, what are some other tools that you use? I mean, aside from, I mean, we'll get into the sharpening yeah, sure. craziness here in a minute, but like, so like what are some other like techniques or, or uh, tools that you use to aid sure. in your graphite? Well, I art? mentioned paper. I think you've got to invest as much in the paper as you do in the pencil. Um, if you use a really good pencil on a really bad piece of paper, that's just going to disappoint you straight out because they don't. You know, bad papers, just bad paper. That's all I'll say about that. I do use other things like paper stumps. I think most people who've tried drawing have seen those. You see them at supply stores. They are just compressed pieces of uh, cardboard that have been sharpened to a tip like, I guess, a pencil. Um, Depending on your uh, style of drawing, these things are used to blend things into, uh, you know, a very sort of light uh, gradation. They actually give you... uh, more of your detail looks. If you're going for high detail, you're trying to draw something as lifelike as possible, using those blenders is very useful. Um, I don't use generally hard erasers at all. Um, the soft eraser, the, the only one that's, I guess, that I would use, it's a little bit harder, the Tombow ones, the click erasers, which are the, I've got one here, it's a Mono Zero um, by Tombow. It's just got a very, very, very uh, thin, rounded, eraser in it that you'd use to sort of pick out highlights um the one thing that i would erase for the only thing i'd do erase for is really highlighting so if i've gone too far too dark um you get one of these little pencil style erasers and you can take out really sort of slight um bits of detail that you probably miss and and can just smudge over um definitely i think um, with pencils, you do need to get a spray um, fixer, and it is a workable fix. Usually, do you know much about that, or is it sort of a new thing? Um, fixative is kind of a way to keep things in place, and you can you can get your initial uh, drawing down, give it a really light spray, and then your hand passing across the page is not going to, um, I guess, smudge things Mm -hmm. as badly as it would if you did not and you can finish off the drawing with that too but i use that sort of through a process of a drawing so that you know i keep things in place once i'm happy Uh, i don't need to take much off of that drawing but i do need to add to it 
I'll put a sort of layer of spray fixative on top to keep it nice and um, usually uh, it's quite acid free too so it's good don't use hairspray I think a lot of people use hairspray for that um, that'll probably eat your paper away eventually so uh, art stores oh, have geez. spray fixative I would definitely recommend that stuff yep yeah that's that's some of it but I like, don't erase much I, I really it's just a pencil and paper when it comes to graphite drawing and I will use like a highlight eraser only yeah so um can I ask you a quick question about fixative mm, sure um I've always heard that it's like you know spray paint in terms of um fumes and smells do they have some that are you know so sort of innocuous you could just spray your journal and turn the page and keep going uh, probably not. I have, yeah, you're right. I think <laughs> it's all going to be, uh, you know, a, a slight hazard to your health. Unfortunately, that's part of uh, <laughs> that's part of doing artwork. Like uh, I did move from painting to drawing, and when I was painting, especially when I was at university, I was using um, Signwriter paint, which is the thickest enamel that you could use on mirrored surfaces. Um, I don't know how or if my brain has recovered from using that for that <laughs> period of time because it was just, and my studio mates complained and yeah, but art is not um, a safe pursuit. You think it is, but it's not. <laughs> you got to be really careful with what you use and I've used everything the wrong way. So um, <laughs> okay. either I'm, I'm only alive because I've been preserved by the chemicals. I think at this point, yeah. <laughs> Somebody <laughs> used a, a fixer on, on Luke. Yes. <laughs> My lungs are so, um, <laughs> <laughs> Speaking of uh, dangerous art tools, um, you are like super master of sharpening pencils with knives. Um, yeah. So we have a couple of questions. So I guess just to start, what makes this uh, your preferred method? I think it was an art teacher many, many years ago, and I think it was even a secondary, no, yeah, secondary school, who just saw, I think it was, saw us all using sharpeners like it like every kid has a pencil sharpener in their pencil case with their pencils and it was an art class he just took it off me and said he'd never sharpen a pencil ever with a sharpener he had um a stanley knife stanley knife i don't know if you've got them they're they're like craft knives it's just the brand name we've got here but they're just known generically as a stanley um and just really quickly sharpened the pencil handed it back to me and i looked at it and i thought that's not bad. That's that's nice. Um, I don't mind um, that as an idea. And I think ever since that point, I did, um, you know, you can't carry knives around in this country either, which is a bit of a problem because I've got, um, I always want to sharpen by, you know, knife. But uh, if you've got like a craft knife or a, I think you call them exacto uh, in America, we just call those mm -hmm. hobby knives. Um, yeah, it's just um, easier to get the, the point you want especially if you're drawing i mean there's probably you know i have although uh, i have to say come across some old pencils like some vintage ones that have been sharpened by people i don't know when but a long time ago where they've sharpened them really long and then they've put a wedge point on the end of that so it's like a wedged end uh, and it looks like it was done for calligraphy like um oblique calligraphy style oh, cool. um yeah. and it, obviously it was more of a thing people used to do uh I don't know, but that that was really nice to find because I've copied that myself. I've seen that oblique end, and I will use that if I want to do a little bit of, um, you know, detail that might have something to do with a leaf. 
Uh, you can just twist the pencil as you draw and it gives you like a, you know, a, a changing mark that's not uh, shaded or constructed. It looks really natural because you've just done it in one stroke. Um, so really, the, I think the whole knife sharpening thing has come down to what I can do with a pencil, um, how I can apply that pencil to the paper and just having the mark made that I want to make. Uh, and then again, you know, it gets into... Um, Okay, so what's the best knife? <laughs> and it, it, it turns into another pursuit. Yes. <laughs> hmm. that, that kind of leads right into the, one of the questions that I had, which was, um, mm. you know, what are some, some questions that really work? Excuse me, what questions? What sort of knives really work best for this? Um, you know, I'm familiar. I have a, um, I've tried a few times. I have a open L knife, which is just really like yes. a little one that's really nice. I have mm. a... Um, when I bought kind of on a, on a whim from pencils.com, the uh, Higono Kami knives, um, yes. there's one yep. called the number four, which is like, it's a really cool looking um, old knife. You can get there. I think they're sold mm. out, um, but like probably you could just use like a steak knife, right? Are there any knives that really don't work or any knives that do work like particularly well? If the thinner the blade, the better, I guess. Uh, and that's sort of, I guess it makes sense. If you've got a nice, you know, uh, like a hunting knife with a big fat blade, that's just going to be like um, you put too much pressure on, you'll just go straight through the pencil. <laughs> it won't, you, know. So, yeah. you know, you, you want to use a, a thin bladed knife. And the two you mentioned are ones I've got to, like the Oppenel, I've got the carbon steel, uh, I think it's a number six. And also the Higan Nakami, I've got two of those. Uh, one of them's on the tattoo that you mentioned earlier. So yeah, yep. I've been using them <laughs> for a while. Um, the Higo knives are made by um, the same craftsmen, apparently, that make katanas in Japan. So there's wow. the quality of the steel. Um, I guess the edge retention and everything is going to be a little bit more um, special than the things you get from most stores. And they're not that expensive, but the sad thing is uh, they're not training anymore craftsmen to make Higo knives. So once those guys uh, retire, it, that'll be the end of them. They're kind of um, like, you know, one of those dying art forms, unfortunately. Mm. So, yeah, if you've got a Higo knife, keep that for good because I think, you know, the quality of the actual blade is amazing uh, and you don't need to sharpen it that much and it will cut through the pencil, shape your the end of the, the point really nicely so they're the two really good ones so i do have others i even went into the crazy uh angle of making my own knives <laughs> so oh, i actually wow. <laughs> built myself a forge in the backyard um found some carbon steel. <laughs> yep. um so i've made about three or four knives um after i sort of decided well hang on can i make a knife that's got that actual shape that's going to be even better than what I can get from a shop. So um, I ended up making a few trial models. It was very dangerous. Uh, I've got scars. Wow. <laughs> I, dropped an angle, I dropped an angle grinder on my leg. Uh, I'd done all sorts of crazy things, and then I kind of decided, well, uh, if I get a workshop and I get a blacksmith to train me properly, maybe I'll do this again. <laughs> but um, no. So I've made a couple of little knives. I do have one I still use that I made, which is um, – like the Scottish, uh, they call it second dub. It's a little tiny sort of um, dagger style knife, uh, mm -hmm. which I kind of shaped to my hand, to the size of my hand, the handle's the right shape. Um, and it is a really nice little knife to sharpen with. But, you know, would you send us a picture of that? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I'll do that. I'd love to see that. So, um, oh, wow. I'll find the other ones too, which are a little bit 
uh, basic. But that one was the the crowning achievement. But I think that's the one I dropped the angle grinder on my leg with. So you know that was where I stopped. (laughs) (laughs) The things you do, I know. um, Yeah, everything's a rabbit hole if you're that way inclined. So I've I've (laughs) been holding back recently on things. You've kind of touched on this a little bit, but I mean, just to kind of wrap things up, could you try as best you can in the audio format <laughs> to explain to us the good, like best techniques for sharpening yeah, a pencil okay. by hand, like with a knife? Um, well, in yeah, with the audio format, yeah, good. It's like okay, so do yeah, it's going to be a bit of a imaginary thing. It's like that exercise you do in your kid, yeah. where a teacher tells you to explain how to make a peanut butter sandwich and then you say it and then they like mess it up on purpose as you're doing it. Cause you're like, no, that's what you told me to do. You told me to put it on the top of the bread. Yeah. So I'm putting it on the top of the, I guess you, yeah, it's a good line. I'm going to do my best. It's a good one. Um, being a right-handed knife in the right hand, of course, left-handed hold the pencil, but you kind of lay it across your fingers like and keep your thumb out of the way. You put the knife, I guess, where you want to start cutting, Hold them with your thumb and your first finger. With your right hand, you've got the knife. You'd be holding the back of the blade against the pencil um, right behind where you're going to cut, but you use that for purchase uh, and cut, I guess, slowly. I don't like it. I've seen people do sharpening where they just go, you know, it's like they're whittling really quickly and, yeah, it does sharpen the pencil, but... Um, most of the time, the pencils I've got, because I use sort of H-style pencils, will break. Uh, so it's just a matter of really slowly doing that, and you can spin the pencil in your left hand slowly whilst taking off not too much, just sort of trying to keep that, I guess, the conical look. And a cut off pencil, my finger. Yeah, that's it. <laughs> uh, so if you followed my directions and you cut off your finger, um, thank goodness I live on the other side of the world. <laughs> out of range. <laughs> But yeah, it, it's a uh, it, it's a natural thing. You just got to sort of um, you know get the right size knife. So don't get yourself a great big thing. Get a smallish knife. Probably an Exacto is a good one for everybody to give it a go if they haven't done it. Um, and just work slowly while spinning the pencil slowly. I even get to the point where I've taken the wood off as much as I want. I'll then scrape the graphite with the edge of the knife, like almost at a 90 degree angle to the actual graphite to point it off properly so i give myself the point i want by sort of scraping away the graphite i don't use the knife to do the full point i only use the knife to sort of take off the wood then i'll point it with the end of the knife like scraping you know the scraping motion if that makes sense it just gives you a nicer point because the point i guess is the whole idea you know it could look very nice and i've done like um I don't know. I think I don't know if I put them up on the website, but you sort of unicorn style pencils where I've gone in a circle and I've actually sort of done a spiral on the wood and it, it turns into a bit of a um, sculpture lesson. <laughs> but yeah, it's so, so long as you actually focus on the point as the main thing, it is going to be better than a pencil sharpener. Sorry, everybody who loves their pencil sharpeners, but I don't <laughs> like them. I just don't. They're um, they've only got one use to a knife has. 20 uses a pencil sharpener's got one so where's the value in that <laughs> that's, <laughs> that's kind true. of how i think i know it's a little bit um but yeah if people love their pencil sharpeners fine but if i was given the option um yeah i would never use a pencil sharpener again oh wow 
I'm looking at my electric sharpener now, a little askant. <laughs> <clears throat> yeah, well, I think that's one. <laughs> now, I, think I guess one thing. Like... <laughs> Go ahead. <laughs> go ahead, Luke. No, go Sorry. Ahead. I think I've said what I said about pencil sharpeners. I don't <laughs> want to be too negative or anti pencil sharpeners. Okay. Um, clearly, you know, I, I think you know things like the hovel that people have got out there. That looks really nice, but that's kind of between the worlds. It's a as a pencil sharpener and a woodworking tool. And I think that's really nice. I like that one. The last thing I was going to ask kind of like off of that, and maybe this is like a scandalous place for you to stop your, uh, your interview here, but is to tell us like in that like little secret pouch in your backpack that you don't tell anybody it's there, but you have that one pencil sharpener <laughs> stashed there that you use like when you absolutely have to, what pencil sharpener are you going to choose to use? All right. I do have a Janus. Um, Ooh, like yeah. a original oh, wow. 1930s Janus and that one because of its, you know, the way it's made and the, <laughs> Good answer. the angles, like it's just a pretty little thing. Uh, I did actually restore it to the point where it can sharpen pencils because it was old, of course. So I did work out how to re-do uh, the blade on it. Um, so, yes, I do have a Janus. I won't carry it around that much, but if I want to have a nice play with something that is a pencil sharpener, that will be the one. Hey, and then down the road, you might be able to make us all new blades for our Janus. Forge it for us. Out in your forge out there. I won't be using an angle grinder, so you know, no more. (laughs) (laughs) Awesome. Well, uh, thanks so much for being here, Luke. It's been really fun talking to you. And is there anything you want to kind of put out there or anything you want to point people towards or bring to people's attention about your, your own art or things um, that you care about? I guess in terms of art and I guess when I'm on the sort of the, the, the Facebook page and I see people looking at, you know, and, and sort of mentioning, Oh, you're doing a good job or, you know, I wish I could do that. I think people should just do it and not be so um, stuck in the idea that it's an impossibility. I think if you've got the interest in doing something creative, it's very important that you give it a go. Um, I am getting back to teaching. Like my last few years have been out of teaching. I'm going back to that now, doing it privately and also um, looking at options in regular high schools again. Every kid, every kid, and I'm probably thinking more high school, say you call it middle school. I think, Tim, you're a teacher of middle school. They just say they can't draw and they'll refuse to do it. And the, the problem there is the fact that they don't want to do it wrong. They feel like there's, um, you know, like if they make a mistake in front of somebody, it's against them for some reason. Um, if, if we just tell people more often just to do it, it wouldn't be an issue. And I think creativity is innate in most people like um, most of you guys write it's the same sort of thing you know you spend the time with the words you put together your stories by you know trial and error with lots of mistakes and anybody who you know looks at any drawing or artwork that they like and thinks i wish i could do that i want them to try that would be the only thing yeah don't put it away give it a go That's fantastic. They, they, the kids say the same thing about writing in the mm. exact same way. Like I'm, you know, like I'm bad at because they don't want to be wrong. Like they don't want to do it wrong in the first try. And then it's like I try to show them first drafts and be like, "Look how terrible <laughs> this is." <laughs> but it's not always going to be it. this terrible. I promise. That's, that, that's you measure. You measure yourself awesome. from that point. <laughs> Take it from there. I mean, I've got a twelve-year-old son <laughs> yeah, myself, and he's just starting high school this year. 
and um, he's terrified of making mistakes. And I just think that that's, um, you know, something that has to be addressed. That mistakes are what you learn from. You don't get things right straight out. Yeah, part of the fun. Yeah, yeah. awesome. Well. Uh, Luke, where can people find you on the internet? Okay, I've got a few little... I've, I've just built a new website, which is more based on my classes that I'm going to run, but I am thinking of doing... For those people who want to do a video um, lesson, I am looking at that as well, because if we do shut down again, which is a possibility, I'll be running my classes via video anyway. Uh, so I've got a website that's just got the one sort of contact page on it that is uh, lukesinclairartist.com. Um, I've got my more fun website, which is just me fooling around and putting stuff up. It's not a serious one, which is pencilism.net. And I am on Instagram and Twitter, just luke.pencilist or luke underscore pencilist, I think, for Twitter and luke.pencilist for uh, Instagram. So, yeah, that's me. Awesome. Well, thank you so much for your time. Thank you so much again. We really appreciate it. Great time being here. Fantastic. Loved it. Really <laughs> so, uh, Andy, how about you? Where can uh, people I am find at Andy.WTF and uh, Twitter and Instagram as at A Wellfly. I am at pencilrevolution.com and on Twitter and Instagram at pencilution. And you can find me, Tim Wassum, on Twitter at Tim Wassum and I'm on Instagram at Timothy Wassum. We have a Patreon account at erasable.us slash Patreon. And uh, this is a place where you can go and support our show with as little as just a dollar or two a month. And we, we really appreciate our patrons. It, it's just kind of mind blowing to think about how much they've, they've given over the years, just in, in time and attention and, and in the monetary offering. So we really appreciate our patrons, uh, our patrons and that, that helps us make the show. Um, we give extra content out to patrons, uh, things like swag, like our, uh, zine disposable and we've done uh, stickers and things like that in the past and there's there's more of that to come so again you can find that at erasable.us slash patreon if you want to support us we want to thank our patreon supporters who are at the producer level and that is uh, andre torres kyle paul moorhead andrew squish gary varner judy molnar ali sarah jamelia james spears oa Pryor, kp James Dominguez, Millie Blackwell, Hunter McCain, Bob Ostwald, Michael Dialosa, Jacqueline Myers, Tana Feliz, Ann Sipe, Gangster Hotline, Joe Crace, Measure Twice, Michael Hagen, Chris Metzges, John Bainan, Random Thanks, Jason Dill, Dave McDonald, Leslie Tuzet, Mary Collis, Alex Jonathan Brown, Kathleen Rogers, Bobby Letzinger, Fourth Letter, Kelton Weens, Hans Noodleman, Terry Beth Ledbetter, Stuart Lennon, Dave Tubman, and Chris Thank Jones. you so much. So, yeah, you can you can find the show on Instagram and Twitter at Erasable Podcast, and you can uh, connect with us on Facebook. We have a page you can like at facebook.com slash Erasable Podcast and a wonderful Facebook group that you can join at facebook.com slash groups slash Erasable. The show notes for today's episode will be at erasable.us slash 156. And uh, we'd appreciate it if you'd take a second and rate and review us on iTunes or recommend us on Overcast or whatever podcatcher you use to listen to this show. If you just recommend us, that helps us uh, get more exposure and spread the pencil goodness. So thanks again to Luke 
for joining us today, and we will talk to you soon.